All right, everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about how to face your weight because this is one of the hardest things there is that's probably preventing you from really starting to lose the weight is that a lot of times people don't have a good strategy for facing the situation they're in because every time you go and face it by stepping on the scale, looking at pictures of yourself, whatever capacity, it overwhelms you with negative feelings. And so the best way that you know to avoid those overwhelming feelings is to just ignore it, okay? And so this is a problem because it's keeping the problem going on, right? If we can't see the problem for what it is, we can't tap into the motivation to make it, to fix it, okay? So how do you look at the weight and the situation you're in now in the best way possible. That's what we want to talk about because you can absolutely do it. But usually people are just very, very just kind of reactive and responsive, um, which gets to another problem of the, your, your sympathetic fight or flight nervous system is usually activated anytime you think of your weight loss. And that tends to cause you to use, uh, you know, ineffective strategies to fix it. So what we wanna do first is you wanna calm down and relax. You wanna put yourself into a peaceful, calm state. And it's from this place that you wanna to start to look at the situation you may be in, okay? Um, now the second thing is also the mindset that you have going into this. So if you think like a dieter, you know, usually the strategy available to you are all quick fixes, right? So it's usually some form of some pretty intense diet you're gonna to do to lose the weight. and what this causes is it makes it difficult to look at the weight that you're in because part of what makes it feel so overwhelming is the time frame you're giving yourself, okay? Because you're, you're seeing the weight that you have, the extra weight you have, you're getting upset about it, and then you're thinking the only way to fix this is to do something extreme, you know? Because most diets are pretty extreme. Um, any diet where you're cutting 40, 50, 60% of your calories on day one is an extreme solution, you know? And it's overwhelming. So in addition to being calm and relaxed in order to see the situation you're in, the next step is also to realize that this weight didn't come on overnight or quickly, and it doesn't have to be taken off quickly. You can begin to make lifestyle long-term changes in how you're living, how you're eating, and ultimately how you're thinking that are gonna allow you to get back to your goal weight and stay there. So that kind of gives us more time because when we shrink the time and feel like, I just gotta lose the weight, I gotta lose the weight, that all goes together, that that active, that that, very like emotional response, that feeling that we have to get rid of it right away. These things kind of feed on each other and it creates a very stressful experience, okay? It doesn't have to be that way. We can calm down, we can look at the situation we're in and understand that you your solution can be one that's comfortable and that can start right now, not by being 100% perfect immediately, but by starting to do something better. Right. And so I might be eating a healthier breakfast. It might be saying skipping the cookies in the afternoon, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be a complete, you know, fix of, of, of the problem tomorrow. Okay. It can be a step-by-step -step solution that you create over time. And so that helps us look at the situation that we're in. Okay. And the third thing is, what do you want to say to yourself? Okay. Because a lot of times what's happening is things are running on autopilot. You're usually, you're not actively going in to look at the weight right? It usually 
forces itself upon you. You see a picture of yourself, you finally step on a scale, someone says something, clothes don't fit, some negative experience triggers this, triggers this whole response. And then you get worked up, you think of some intense thing, and you start saying things in your head like, I just gotta lose this weight. Jesus Christ, how'd I get this bad? Oh, this is horrible, I gotta lose it. And we say something that just amps up the whole process even more. <laughs> and so again, we have to manage this because this is the first part, because you don't have a better strategy for looking at the weight where it is right now, and moving yourself forward in a way that feels like you're moving in the right direction, you just kind of overreact. You overreact, you overcorrect, you overrespond. And that's probably the same thing you always do. It's either this overresponse, overcorrection, or you got to ignore it and not think about it at all. Well, those are two shitty strategies, okay? So the third one is, again, this more calm, relaxed approach to it. And, and again, if you do it now, it's the best because you're you're setting the stage yourself. You're not just going to put yourself into some emotional state based on those things I just mentioned. You're going to center yourself and say, I'm going to make a change here. I'm going to change my weight once and for all. And it starts today by facing the situation I'm actually in and coming up with a real commitment starting today that doesn't have to be overwhelming to me. I'll take it step by step. Again, this is that strategy. And so what do we say to ourselves? Okay. Got off track. I'm going to start doing better. One small step at a time. You hear all the languaging I'm saying. Again, you got to customize it to yourself, to what feels right. But I'd strongly suggest the words you're saying to yourself in the situation when you're upset about the weight you're at is that you start being encouraging and supportive of yourself instead of what? The beating yourself up internal dialogue, right? That just is not helpful. It what It's what makes you so upset and it's what makes you not even able to kind of like interface with the extra weight. Because every time you do, again, this negative voice starts and gets you really you know, anxious and worked up and beats you up. And it's unpleasant and miserable. So we want to change that process. And you can change that process. You can change the way you're talking to yourself. And you can approach this in a more calm, rational, relaxed way. Because I know you want to move in a different direction. Okay? So kind of wrapping up, right? The first step to any weight mastery, the first step to losing any weight, really, is to acknowledge the situation you're in. And to acknowledge it, you have to face face to face with it. And again, if you go face to face of it, intentionally relaxing yourself, knowing that you don't have to solve this immediately, you know, you can start to put yourself on a path of weight mastery, step by step, developing skill, accumulating strategies that let you live at your goal weight. And by being more supportive in your own head, stop with the beating yourself up, all right? Um, that's not gonna fix the problem. What's gonna fix it is for you to be more encouraging and supportive of yourself along this path, realizing that this is a forever path, right? It just keeps on going. It's not a sprint like the diets. You wanna master your weight once and for all. And so this is a forever marathon, you know, but a fun and enjoyable one. So make sure that you um, get, it, get that in your head and start approaching it that way, all right? And when you do that, all of a sudden you start to take control of this process. You drive the bus. And this starting point is completely different than what you've probably done in the past and it's gonna bring you to a completely different destination. All right. Um, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask, all right? Um, hi Jim, how can we combat the hunger that comes from shifting from uneating healthy to healthy? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. The best way to do that is to understand what makes you hungry. You know, I think a lot of people have a miss the misunderstanding that you have to eat a lot of calories in order to feel satisfied. And then that's not true because um, processed food has lots of calories in it and we can eat all those calories and not feel satisfied. So, you know, technically at the end of the day, a calorie is a calorie, but 
that doesn't describe the the package that it's delivered in, right? So what I'm saying is if you eat, you know, 500 calories out of a boxed packaged processed food as opposed to 500 calories of vegetables and fruits, those are completely different calories and they're going to completely um, give you a different experience of hunger. So what you want to understand is calorie density, right? Calorie density is how much calories are in a specific volume of food, right? So a cookie is this big has 100 calories in it. A salad this big has 100 calories in it. And so part of what makes you feel satisfied when you eat is the volume of the food, right? Because your stomach has stretch receptors in it. And so you can look up volumetrics, right, as a diet based on this philosophy. And I think it's an important one for you to understand no matter what diet you follow, again, you'll understand some of the context of why it's working. And so part of it is that volumetrics is when we want to eat foods that have more volume and lower calorie density. Well, spoiler alert, that, that's fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, natural foods fall in that category. The more processed you get, the more likely there's going to be a more calorie dense food. All right. So yeah, that combating the hunger. Now I wouldn't say I'm going to, I'm going to get my, my, my hypnotist hat on here because I don't like the word combat, you know, because it implies that we're going to war um, with our hunger. But in reality, our body is just trying to help us out. It just want to make sure that you got enough food. There's a good chance if you're eating a highly processed diet that you're not getting the micronutrients you need and your body's sending you a hunger signal because it wants you to eat the micronutrients, right? It thinks you're in the natural world where when you eat, you're going to eat micronutrients. doesn't realize, right, we can eat and eat and eat and not fulfill those micronutrient needs. So um, a big part of that is of, of dealing with the hunger, resolving it. Cause that, and that is a big part, so it's a great question. Because I think sometimes people have the idea they're going to fight against their hunger or they're going to be, the hungrier they are, the better for their weight loss. And that's a very short-term approach. So what we want to do is you want to manage your hunger. You want to learn how to eat. You know, pretty much when I get up in the day, Within an hour, I got a good amount of, um, we use the hunger scale in my program. Um, so within an hour, my hunger scale is, is pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. And I'm basically managing that all day long. So I'm not, I'm not hungry all day long. And, and that's a strategy, right? You want to figure out how to eat so you're not hungry. That's, that's the most important thing. So yeah, as you shift from healthier, healthier eating, you, know, you will find a lot of times that you're actually going to be more satisfied Okay, um, because natural, healthier foods are way more satisfying to you, hunger-wise, right? You start eating more salads, more natural foods, you're gonna not feel that hunger that you get from the processed foods. Processed foods are literally designed so that you're hungrier, you know, um, with a lot of different techniques. Right? But so what, one of the things, but let me speak. There's one last thing. Finally, with that, is the shift from healthy food to or from an unhealthy food diet to a healthier food diet. There is just a little bit of like it's just weird. Right. So, so there's a little bit like craving for the old stuff that you're used to having, you know, and the sugar and the calories and all that stuff and the flavors. Um, so, so sometimes shifting over to a healthier diet, there is, there's a, a little bit of that, but it's not necessarily like you're hungry. So you shouldn't have to be hungry to lose weight. Okay. You can reduce your calories and feel more satisfied. I hope that makes sense. Just started exercising 20 minutes today after one year. I'm 47 pounds down. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. That's great. 20 minutes today. That, that's so nice. What I love hearing about you, you saying that is that anything that's like a longer term approach. So, hey, congratulations. You're a year, you know, actively losing and managing your weight. That's awesome. And um, now, again, because, you know, I just said this in the, in the training part of this is that we tend to over like, like with the weight loss in America, we so overcorrect. You know, because we get so upset, we get so emotional, and then we get the overcorrection diets and, and workouts that were constantly surrounding us. And so it's so difficult when we want to lose weight not to like go too hard. 
And so the fact that you spent an hour or a year um, lowering your weight and now you're exercising for 20 minutes, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's the mindset I really like to encourage because it's a smart strategic mindset. You know what I mean? Where, where you're moving forward um, strategically, not, not just impulsively. Right? So, so great job. Great job losing the weight and great job sticking with it. Um, can't fit into a, the seat for a concert. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Now, again, you know, it's like I, I just did a video about this. Like, like if you're upset about pictures of yourself, right? Because that's one of the most triggering things for people, you know, is to see a picture of themselves and then they realize, oh, my God, I'm bigger than I thought I was. But what I'm trying to say to you is that, and I know it's not easy. If you've never done really, like, much mindset work, I understand that facing your weight, stepping on the scale, looking at pictures of yourself, I, I understand that's hard. I, I understand that. However, it's something... It's, it's hard work. It's easier than going to the gym. <laughs> and I think it'd be more effective for your weight loss because when you intentionally take control of your motivation, when you're honest with yourself, when you really um, you know, face this with all of your strengths and, and abilities going in that direction, I think you're unstoppable. You know, But you can't do that if you're scared. You know what I mean? So, so you can't let that fear win. You can't let that discouragement win. Like I said, you're discouraged. You feeling discouraged about your weight, it's, it's a multiple, there's a bunch of factors to it. it it's, that, it's not that you can't do anything, okay? It's that you most likely can't do these shitty extreme diets for long, you know? But, but anyways, there, there's, don't let that fear win. Don't be scared to look at your weight because you feel like you can't do anything about it because I promise you, you can. It comes down to motivation, you know? And so if you follow what I was saying, relax, calm down, realize you don't have to fix it all at once, and realize that if you're more supportive encouraging yourself, you can make small incremental changes that make profound shifts in your weight and your body. All right. Um, let's see. What else? What else? How much fruit should we have in a day? Thanks. Um, you know, I mean, they estimate five pieces of fruit a day, you know, and that's what I aim for. Um, five might be a challenge for you, you know, so uh, pay attention to that. But, yeah, I mean, five fruits a day I think is a, a solid um, – you know, number to aim for. And remember, you know, a lot of fruits aren't things you necessarily think of as fruits. Like tomatoes spring to mind. Um, and I don't know why I don't have a better list of this to the top of my head, but there's a lot of different, uh, you know, fruits out there that you can get in your body. But yeah, fruits and vegetables, that's the real, it's just a miracle. You want to talk about a miracle pill for weight loss? <laughs> fruits and vegetables and natural foods, right? That's the real secret there, right? Um, I'm not getting the email with the download from your bio. Is there another place I can find it? I'm not getting the email with the download. Oh, you're not. All right. You know what to do? Just just email me. Um, in my bio, there's an email link. Um, if I had to guess what happens, sometimes my email system is a little finicky with some emails. And so maybe yours just got, got a little screwy. But if you email, my email's on my bio. You can email me or jim at programyourselfthin.com. Email me and uh, let me know what email you use, and I'll take care of that for you. Jim, what's the best way to avoid mindless eating? I find myself eating in the evening after dinner. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not even hungry, but I feel compelled. Yeah, yeah, great. So great job becoming aware of that, okay? Um, in my program, that's really the whole point. You know, you want to create this eating blueprint for yourself um, so that you become mindful. And the process of becoming mindful is recognizing when you're mindless, okay? So I want you to celebrate when you are become aware that you were mindless, right? That's the first step. So again, we want to celebrate our mistakes because they're our greatest teachers, all right? So, so that's a great one. So that being said, you know, um, to call it to, to say to say it's just mindless eating kind of minimizes what's going on here. It's a bit of a challenge to change the the after dinner eating, you know, for most people. Um, so what I would say is that you approach it 
with a consistent mindset to change it and you try different things. Um, that being said, some solutions for you. One of them I did when I first started doing it is I would eat a little more at dinner. You know, that made it e easier not to eat at night. Um, I would become very intentional and aware of what foods I'm going for, what times I'm doing it, what the whole pattern and situation is, okay? Because your subconscious mind is extremely, there's a part of your subconscious mind called procedural memory. And so it basically just runs things. It's very like, um, you know, what this happens and this happens and this happens, this happens. So start to break down and, and kind of stalk a bit your, uh, your habit, your after-dinner habit. Notice what, what you're eating, what you're going for, what you're watching, what mood you're in, what time it's happening, who's there, who's not there. So again, this is the first step, right? The, gaining the awareness of it and then start working on ways that you can um, change that. Um, yeah, so after-dinner eating is usually the, the big one for people, for sure. Any wise words on self-sabotage? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing with self-sabotage. I think a lot of self-sabotage starts off right from the beginning because you most likely you don't... So my whole approach to weight mastery is mindset-based, right? And so you probably have very little awareness of mindset, right, and what's going on with your weight loss. But typically what people do when they want to lose weight... So most of your your weight is controlled subconsciously, okay? Your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all subconscious, and so um, they just run on autopilot. And then you have, a, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is a part of your mind that um, wants you to lose weight, knows why you should lose weight, knows what you should do, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. And pretty much all your other eating habits and routines and behaviors are run subconsciously. And so for most people, what weight loss is, is it's them consciously trying to control or l fight against their subconscious mind. And it doesn't work very well, as you've seen. Your subconscious mind is extremely powerful. It just does what it does, just on autopilot, right? You have to remember to eat the ice cream at night, right? Chuck here just that. You don't have to remember to snack at night, right? Just It just happens right? on autopilot, okay? And so when all of a sudden you want to go on diet, usually what you're doing is you're trying to consciously fight against all those subconscious programs, and it doesn't work. Um, but deeper than that is it creates that exact feeling you talk about, that self-sabotage, where it feels like, you know, it's like you want to lose weight. <clears throat> you think about it all the time. You really want to do it. But there's some part of you that compels you to do the wrong stuff. Well, that's your subconscious mind. Now, it's not trying to hurt you. It's trying to help you. It's just, again, your, your subconscious mind is not logical. It just links things together. So for most, like, like Chuck, for example, at, at nighttime eating, you're probably like, that's your time to relax. You know, that's your reward for a hardworking day. Whatever. We associate all sorts of stuff to it. But there's something positive there out of that behavior. And now you come along constantly trying to stop it. And so... A lot of times what people describe as self-sabotage really is just that you've got subconscious programmings that, that you haven't changed. So again, program yourself in the approach instead of just trying to restrict it, because that's every diet you've ever done. This is why I, I, don't, I can't think of a single diet that you're going to win with. You know, If you've tried to diet and it hasn't worked, you're pretty much never going to succeed with a diet. So you should get off that train <laughs> because the diets, um, you know, they, they ain't going to work for you. So uh What's the difference? Because every single diet, keto, intermittent fasting, vegan, uh, you know, Mediterranean, literally any diet, what it is, it's you consciously trying to control your eating. It's you trying to consciously micromanage all your eating, you know, and all your eating is, is a lot of food decisions. I can't remember the, God, the number of food decisions you make a day. I swear it's like 200 something food decisions a day or something. But anyways, um, it's like if you had to remember to breathe, right? We'd all be dead. So when you're gonna try and you know, consciously control all your eating, forget about it. So again, in my program, instead of trying to fight against our subconscious mind, we're looking to reprogram our subconscious mind so that it starts to run programs that keep us at our goal weight. 
you see. And so you, you, the wise words on self-sabotage are stop trying to diet and control yourself consciously. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work. So, um, you know. You, you, know, you know, it's like, it's funny, just to give you an example of the, what this is like, it's like, if you knew how to consciously do something, which you do, right, you know how to write, right? So it's like, write with the other hand then. You know, notice how clumsy your, your conscious mind is when it tries to do stuff. Everything you know how to do, like on autopilot, is a subconscious program. So you can tell me you know how to write. Your body knows how to write. Your subconscious mind knows how to write, because if you knew how to write, you'd be able to write with the other hand. But you can't. It's all <laughs> like a little kid. Right. And that's conscious knowledge versus subconscious knowledge. Right. Um, just because you know how to do something consciously doesn't mean you can do it. Right. The things you're able to do are, are subconscious programs that run automatically. So I hope that, that you get some sense of that. And by the way, if, if you haven't, if you've never gone to my, um, if you've gone to my world is go to my bio, click that link, um, go get that hypnosis session. I give you a free hypnosis session. And then as soon as you get it, it takes a little bit to send it to you, a couple minutes. Um, there's a training there, three steps to master your weight. You should watch that. Okay, um, it'll give you th that. That would be a much wiser words on self sabotage. You'll have a much better understanding of what I'm talking about here. Um, Hope says, "I hate pictures. I always hide my midsection." <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, you know, I just that's the work. You, you know what I mean? Like that's some of the most fruitful work. You know, I, it's when you can separate. You know, and I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds crazy to you, but when you can start to feel confident now, when you can start to feel more attractive now, more, more, right? Because yeah. Whatever, you can feel more attractive right now without losing a single pound. Guarantee you, okay? And then as you start to lose weight, yeah, you can feel more attractive, sure. But you can feel more attractive and confident now, you know? Um, you know, if you want to hide stuff, you know what I mean? Like, here I am, like, my goal weight, I'm still, all oh, my legs are skinny, you know? But at some point, you say, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if my legs are skinny? Who care? You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, that's where you want to start to get to because you're basing so much of your weight loss on, um, you're weight, basing so much of your weight loss on looking better because you think that's going to fix everything. And I'm here to tell you it's not. This is why most people lose weight and put it back on because they think it's going to be this cure-all. And it's like they lose the weight and it's hard and it's difficult and they're not eating their favorite foods and they still feel like shit. So it's like you might as well start feeling better now and then use all those emotions to help you succeed. It's a better strategy. Right? But I get what you're saying. I, I, I get it. But I don't want, don't, don't hate pictures of yourself. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to, I'll do some hypnosis on this because don't hate pictures of yourself. You know, you're a beautiful person. Who cares? It's a couple extra pounds on you. A hundred extra pounds, 500 extra pounds. Who gives a shit? You're still a beautiful human being. Okay. You've got to separate your self-worth and, and the love you feel for yourself from your weight. I'm telling, I know it sounds like ironic because you're, you're always using that as leverage. I won't feel good about myself until I lose the weight. You know, you're always holding it out to feel good about yourself until you, you, you start losing the weight. But I'm telling you, it's a shitty strategy. It's a, it's a horrible strategy. It has it worked? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can you try something else now? Um, Lena says, I get up in the morning and weigh, and then I will eat cereal and gain a pound. Well, yeah, I wouldn't eat cereal anyways. Unless it's a, a healthy cereal. But most cereals are not, not very good. I, I would not eat cereal in the morning unless it's on my weekend, my pleasure time. But that might be part of the problem right there. Um, Victoria, I feel like I binge to punish myself for not being good enough to lose weight, how to overcome this. Yeah, 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 for sure that happens. That's exactly what I was just talking about, though. That's that conscious-subconscious dynamic where you have your conscious mind trying to control everything. And it's a very, just to bring it a step deeper, it's kind of like like a dieter. They always have this voice in their head. And, and Deborah, I see your, your, your question up there. I'm going to answer that in a second. Um, a lot of times people have this voice in their head. It, we call it the critical parent. You know, it's not that you could have great parents, but they all had a critical voice, right? They're parents. If they're good parents, they're busting your chops sometimes. So we have this critical parent voice that just beats us up. And um, 
we, we start to create this weird dynamic within ourselves where we have this voice that's always punishing us, you know, when, as soon as we make a mistake. And for a lot of people, this becomes a, vo a runaway voice that really just takes on a life of its own and really screws us hard, um, especially if you, you, measure, you think of yourself as kind of a pre perfectionist, right? You demand perfection. And so you make any weight loss mistakes with your eating or exercising or any of that stuff, and then you're, it's all the punishment mode, you know? So you got to be careful of that. Again, you need to develop another voice, which is an encouraging, supportive um, adult, you know, adult voice, like another voice in your head that's su supportive and encouraging. One simple way to, I do this with clients sometimes, but it's like, uh, you know, you, I, 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 a guy, I said, who, who's like your dad role model growing up? You know, he's like, oh, Jimmy Stewart, you know? So we said, okay, imagine Jimmy Stewart's in your head encouraging along this process. <clears throat> so I'd say that to you, Victoria. I don't know if it might not be Jimmy Stewart, but but for you, who's like an encouraging person in your life? Doesn't even have to be someone you know. It could just be a character from a show or a movie or whatever, from a book. It doesn't matter. But just some sense of what an encouraging, supportive voice in your head would sound like, you know? And then when you were not being good enough, what would that voice say when you made a mistake, when you binged, when you overate? What would that voice say? Now, I'll give you a, a hand because for a lot of people in my program, I become that voice and, and, and very intentionally. Because most people have never had a positive voice when it comes to weight loss in their head. All they got is that voice trying to whip them into doing the right thing, you know, which creates all kinds of all their problems, as you've experienced, everyone, right? <laughs> so so the alternative voice is when you binge. I mean, this is, I swear, this is like, like most of the programs kind of built around. So in, in the Program Yourself Thin program, there's the Program Yourself Thin techniques, the first thing you learn, right? So it's a real simple self-hypnotic programming technique you use at night. And it's really two techniques. It's a redo technique and a rehearsal technique. So the redo technique specifically for this because it's so important because you got to learn how to learn from your mistakes. See, again, the dieting mindset is so stupid because it's like, oh, you're going to start tomorrow being perfect. And then it'll be perfect for a couple days. Then you won't be. And then you won't do anything. And that's what you do. All or nothing. Right? <laughs> so the alternative is to be all or something. And when you make mistakes and realize you're going to make lots of mistakes because you're learning to do something, you don't know how to be thin. You don't know how to think like a thin person. Could get to that, Deborah. Um, you have to learn how to be a thin person. So that takes a, it's a process of learning. And so if you're going to freak out every time you make a mistake or beat the shit out of yourself every time you make a mistake, you never get to learn. You never get to grow. It's like if you're going to learn to play the piano and you go and you play, you're learning a new song and you play a wrong note. Oh my God! What you, what's wrong with you? Why you, you know what I mean? It's like, you're just going to ground yourself into a pulp. Nothing's changing, you know? So again, in a warm, encouraging voice, right after you binge, hey, what happened there? I don't, I don't like eating this way. I don't feel good. I don't like this. So what was going on there? What's something else I could have done? This is part of the redo technique, you know? Knowing what I know now, what could I have done differently? What triggered that? What was going on? Oh, I was, I was upset and I just got, I got emotional and I went to the cookies and they're right there. And okay, next time, you know, I could do this. And, and so it's a process of like educating yourself and learning, but, but deeper than that, and this is the most important part, I think, because again, this is notice all these questions all got the same problem is that it's this self-sabotage. It's this negative voice. It's my beating myself up. It's my self-punishment, right? It's all, this is, I'm trying to tell you, it, this is all your mindset. You know what I mean? Like if you're not trying to change your mindset, if you're not working on your mindset, if, if you want to lose weight and you're not working on your mindset, you're just wasting your time. I, I mean, I can't make it any clearer than that, you know? And this is why no diets work because none of them, none of them are showing you how to deal with your mindset. I had to create this all on my own. I've been doing this for 20 years professionally, 30 years personally. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I had to come up with this all on my own, just to be dead honest. I read 50 books a year. I mean, I'm just obsessed with it, but I had to come up with it on my own. Who am I going to learn from? Who am I going to learn from? Because what do I do? I get people, because, you know, what's, what's every diet and workout? Every diet and workout, I say, oh, here's the plan. See you later. Go do it. Just follow it. 
Well, I help people. How do you follow it? What do you do when you feel discouraged? What do you do when you, you were following the diet for three days and then you made a mistake? What do you do now? Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm helping people constantly get re-motivated, get their mindset right, help get back on track, learn from the mistake. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, no one's doing this. <laughs> so that's what my entire program is, you know? But um, so you've got to learn from your mistakes. You've got to understand you're going to make mistakes. The mistakes are the, are the signposts along the path that, that lead you in the right direction. But you're scared to death of making one, you know? So Deborah says, I'm confused about you saying for us to think and eat like a thin person. This concept escapes me because every thin person I know can eat whatever and whatever they want. Bullshit. That's not true. That's the first thing you should realize. That, that is not true. I hear this all the time because I'm a thin person. And if you saw me at a restaurant, you'd be like, holy shit, he eats whatever he wants. Yeah, because you're seeing me you're you're seeing me eat one meal a week, one meal a month. You know, you're not I mean, listen, at the end of the day, your weight is a reflection of how many calories you're consuming. So how do you think like a thin person? Well, yeah, we, we can study thin people for sure, obviously. But the first question is how do you think how do you think when you're acting like a thin person? That that's the real question. Okay. When you're really focused and motivated to be healthy, to be lean, to eat well, to live healthy, what how are you thinking? What are you saying to yourself? How are you reflecting on the goal? How are you thinking about tempting foods? How are you thinking about healthy foods? That, that's what I want to know. Because I know you got some good stuff in there. Right? You've had some times where you, got, you were on the right path, doing things right. You know, What were you saying to yourself? What was motivating to you? How did you think about it? You know, so we always want to start by analyzing your past when you were doing well. When, when, things are, when you get on a roll, how do you think about stuff? How do you frame it? That's the first step. And then obviously there's lots of questions and, and weight. So, so, I mean, here's, here's a question you can ask, you know, how can I, how can I master my weight? How can I lose weight in the most easy and enjoyable way possible? That's a question you don't ask, you know, how can I start eating healthier food in a way that I enjoy? You don't ask that question. You know, you start asking that question because listen, 95% of your thinking is in response to questions you're asking. You're asking a shitty question. You don't even realize it. I, I know that. But again, this is when I say to think and, and eat like a thin person, I say start by your, with yourself. Um, and then, I mean, watch all my videos. I mean, I, I, I literally every video I make is talking about how to think that way and how to eat that way. Um, because they, they're hand in hand, right? So again, this is why the mindset works so important. I mean, you know, you should eat more fruits and vegetables. You know, you should eat more natural foods. I'm not telling. I'm not the first time you've heard that, right? That's not the problem. Is that you don't know what to do. The problem is you can't get yourself to do it because you don't know how to think like a thin person. So, what does a thin person think like? Well, I mean, there's how I think, but I'm just one thin person, you know. So again, I can give you suggestions on that, um, but ultimately you have to tweak them so they work for you. You know what I mean? So they fit you, and that's a key part of my program. In my program, we got three blueprints: mindset, lifestyle, eating blueprints, and there, there's. They're like kind of fill in the blank because you've got to fill them in with what works for you. This idea, and again, this is, I don't blame you for this, but this is the dieting thing has led you to be lazy almost because it's like you just want someone to give you an eating plan. You're not going to follow it anyways, but you just want someone to give you the eating plan because you think you're going to follow that, you know? But you got to put the work in and come up with your own eating plan. I'm going to tell you what to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like that's such a, that's the craziest thing that I'm just going to tell you how you should eat and you're going to eat that way. I mean, don't you have a brain or preferences or aren't you a human being who wants to do what you want to do? I mean, relatively, I mean, obviously you got to moderate and change how you're eating. You can't just eat the same way. But I mean, I'm, I'm Greek. I like to eat Mediterranean food. Oh my God, follow some diet where I, I don't eat that. I mean, it's just, it's weird. So if you took the time and you say, okay, I'm going to craft a mindset, a lifestyle and an eating plan that works for me, that's based on me, my likes, my dislikes, my lifestyle, that's going to allow me to be as healthy and as thin as I want to be. 
That's where it all starts from, you know? Again, you are the one that's filling in the blanks. I mean, could I sit here and tell you, I can tell you how I think like a thin person, you know? And I do that in the program for sure, but, um, you know, it, it's gotta be customized, you know what I mean, to, to what you wanna do, because we have different brains, we're different people, you know? So I hope that helps. Um, <laughs> CNS, I really have a hard time changing that. Um, I'm not sure what. Do you have some advices? I have lots of advices, but ask a more specific question. I'm not sure what you're referencing. I'm going to move through the qu questions quicker. Should you count macros calories? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to do to calibrate where you're at, but um, a lot of times people, they... Uh, oh, I see. Okay. And I just want to respond. Deborah wrote, yeah, got it. I've been following you for a bit now. If I now journal and see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, great, great. Yeah. It's, it's a consistent... That, in, that You're right on the money with the journaling, you know, because it's consistently... So, so in my program, we, we use the reader rehearsal technique um, and, and some other things to, to basically take our subconscious mind and kind of make it, it, it our subconscious mind is subconscious. So we're unaware of a lot of it. So there's got to be some process. What you don't realize is you're so unaware. You, you just, you don't, won't believe me, but I promise you the number one problem you have is that you're very unaware of, of a lot of what you're doing and how you're thinking and how you're feeling. And so journaling is a great, is, is one great strategy um, for doing that, you know, for, for really kind of get out of there. And Deborah, I'll tell you what, Deborah, if, if you email me at Jim at program yourself, com, I actually have a program. It, it was a mindset. It was a weight loss mindset writing challenge, a seven day challenge. Um, and I, it's, it's a great program. I'll, I'll give it to you though. If, if you like to journal, I'll just shoot me an email and I'll, I'll send you a link to it. Um, cause if you're journaling, this would, you'll get a lot out of this program if you're journaling a lot. Um, but yeah, should you count macros and calories? I'm not a fan of that because I don't like micromanaging the eating. You know, so so I don't like that. But if you like, again, my golden rule is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. So if you love tracking and counting that stuff and it brings you kind of a peace of mind, a way to kind of ground yourself, then, then you do it. Um, I just had a woman start the program. She's been tracking for three years and her weight's not going anywhere. You know, and I said, well, maybe maybe it's time to let go of the tracking, you know, <laughs> because ideally, right, I, I hate tracking, but that's my bias. You know, I don't like to track. So I built my weight mastery around not tracking. Do you understand? But I'm also super lazy. So I, I built around not working out. <laughs> I built it around um, pretty much the easiest meal plan you could ever see in your life, you know, because that's built for me. It's custom made for me. And so I'm, I'm fine living with it, you know. Um, so, yeah, should you count macros and calories? I think it, it, it has a place as a calibration. So if you if you track for, you know, depending, I don't know where you're at, but but a week or two just to kind of ballpark, because a lot of times people are think, oh, this is one serving when really it's like two or three. And so I think it's good to kind of clarify the lenses of your perception so you can see more accurately what you're consuming um, and get a sense of where your macros are at. Um, and I, I'd suggest if you're going to track, track micros too. <laughs> track your micronutrients. That might be a more valuable one um, if you're going to track. Right? Uh, how do I clear my nostril? Well, you know, your nostrils, uh, you know, they go through a cycle. Well, people don't know this, but you, you have a dominant nostril and a, a subdominant nostril, and they, and they switch dominance every 90 minutes or so. <laughs> you know that? So you breathe more through one nose, you know, and then the other nostril kind of blottens up. But maybe maybe blow your nose. The hell? <laughs> I'll answer any question, right? What I need to do is hide my chocolate. Yeah, sure. I'll tell you an alternative, though. Hiding the chocolate's fine. I, I'm kind of joking when I say this because... What I always like to say is I want to give you more. I want to give you kind of like more options so you can choose the best option, you know. And so if you want to, if you got to hide the chocolate, if that works for you, go ahead. But what's even more beneficial sometimes is when you keep the chocolate not hidden and you have the internal kind of ability to just feel indifferent to it or just ignore it. 
you know, because then you feel a deeper sense of personal power, you know. But hiding it's fine, too, if that works for you. Um, put a new man on a high-protein diet. Get him some sunshine and on TRT, and he'll turn into a boss. <laughs> All right. And work out. All right. That sounds like the perfect combo. High-protein diet, TRT, and working out. Oh, yeah, and sunshine. All right. I like that. Do you recommend cutting, counting calories macros? Yep, I just answered that one. Um, uh, talk about protein needs, please. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think your protein needs are probably way over um, overestimated. <laughs> uh, this is coming from a vegetarian. I mean, a, a pescatarian officially ate a fish a little bit, but um, yeah, right? It, people thinking about going vegetarian is, oh, cr shit, what am I going to do about my protein? My protein? Oh, what if I'm protein deficient? Do you ever think maybe you care so much about protein because meat is such a giant industry and they put that idea in your mind? Do you ever wonder why protein's like the number one thing you're so concerned about? And then on top of that, have you ever met anyone who's had a protein deficiency in your life? Have you ever even taken a protein deficiency test in your life? <laughs> have you ever heard anyone taking a protein deficiency test? Is this really a problem in our world? I'm joking. I mean, I'm not though. Have you had any of those things? But anyways, I don't think that. Um, I just think protein is just one of those things that's over. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of money being made at you over consuming protein. You know, and I don't think you need as much as you think you do. And I get plenty of protein as a vegetarian. But that's what I think. But I'm not a dietitian nutritionist, so I, I can't really speak to how much protein you would need. Um, how to act as if I'm at my goal weight? It's hard for me to imagine because I don't know how to be thin. Yeah, great one. So, um. It's a process. I want to be clear about that. You know, sometimes I'll do my, I'll, I'll do certain hypnosis sessions where you're imagining yourself tomorrow at your goal weight. But what we're doing is, you know, it's clearly it's hypnosis and, and we, you know you can't wake up tomorrow at your goal weight. You know that. But what we're doing is we're allowing you to step into because you know how tomorrow's going to go. And so to imagine yourself at your goal weight tomorrow is a nice way to tap into the goal so you can experience and feel it and learn from yourself. Okay. Because you don't know how to um, be a thin person. You know, so the more you put yourself into that mindset, it's kind of like the remember years ago, they had the what would Jesus do bumper stickers and stuff. Well, what was that? Right. It was a way to elevate your mindset to think like Jesus would. Right. And so you elevate your thoughts and your thinking to a higher level and you see the world from that level. and You start to behave from that level. You know, so it's the same thing when we're the more we connect to our ideal, you know, thin and healthy body that we want to be in. We're consistently training ourselves. But it. it do not be, let me make this crystal clear because there's so much bullshit around the hypnosis. Like it's this magical thing. You know, listen, with weight loss, it's always magical and hypnosis already coming into it with the magical stuff. There's no, there's no hypnosis just going to turn you into a thin person, right? That, that's the part that bothers me about hypnosis um, because it overstates what it's going to do. Hypnosis is just a, it's a process. So this is important. I don't, don't think of hypnosis like being in a trance. Think of it as a process of influencing your subconscious mind. And we go into a trance just to kind of, it makes it a little easier to do. But it's, you can be hypnotized being wide awake. Okay. I think of hypnosis as the process of influencing your subconscious mind. And so you could be wide awake if, um, you know, all of a sudden phobias, right? People get phobias. That's hypnosis. You know, all of a sudden they're just hanging out and all of a sudden there's a giant spider. Well, I'll give you, I, I remember the one, I always remember this, but a woman came to me, she had a phobia of bats and um, we regressed her back to the first time she was scared of bats and she was a little girl and uh, a bat flew in the house and her father had been in Vietnam, ended up having a real ab reaction to the whole thing, triggered him and um, really scared her. And so from that point forward, she had a fear of bats. Now she didn't remember the original thing, right? That, that was kind of interesting, but she was awake when it happened. 
you see? So really, the process of, um, of hypnosis is influencing our subconscious mind. And so it's a continuous process. That's why I program yourself thin. You learn the technique how to influence your subconscious mind because you use it every day. So I just want to be clear about that. Yes, I have hypnosis sessions that are supporting everything and, and are definitely helpful. But at the end of the day, you have to do it to yourself. You have to learn when you're being programmed and how to do it to yourself intentionally. All right. Um, but don't, I, I get, I get um, Christina, that, that it, it's hard, but, but it's something you're learning. Okay. So don't, don't make it too hard. Don't try to do too much all at once. But understand, it's a forever process of starting to think differently. You know, that, that's what it is. It's still that way for me. I'm always working on how my thinking is and my, my, how I think, how I feel, and how I behave. You know, always, always tweaking those. Okay. So, so it's a forever process. Um, Maj Maj Mandel. That's a cool name. Is that your name, Maj Maj? Watched a lot of your videos and got some new perspectives. I'm starting my journey today. Awesome. That's great. And start it slow. Okay. We, we always say that in the program yourself, then we always say consistency over intensity, you know, which would be the opposite of the, the diet mindset. But if you start off with a more consistent mindset, you're going to change the whole journey right from the beginning. All right. Um, hello for Central Florida. Hey, how you doing? I hope you're, you're staying dry. I see some, some crazy, some crazy water out there. I is there a test lol <laughs> yeah I don't even know I joke about that I've never even heard of it though but is it is it's one of the funniest things nutritionally that's the funniest thing to me right there is people's over dramatic fears and I'm not I'm not picking anyone we all have this right it's been it's been programmed into us why though <laughs> that's what that's the point I'm trying to make um it's just so funny to me that people are so worried about protein deficiency right it's it's the the number one nutrient worry people have period right um, and, and yet it's funny because no one you've never known is that you've never even talked to your doctor about that. You've never done a test, but, but so why do we worry so much? It's just, it's, I love stuff like that because it's like an irrational fear that's just been installed into us with no, there's no, uh, logical reasoning. Why it'd be different if we all got, you know, if every year we go to the, the get our physical and like, okay, protein's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like it would be different if it was that, but it's just, you've never even had a protein test. We don't know if they exist. Uh, is sunflower seed part of your clean eating? Um, no, I, I don't really eat sunflower seeds much, but I would, you know, I, I would, I love seeds. So that, that's something like, I, I kind of cycle through different, um, stuff, you know, but, but I'll, I, yeah, I like seeds a lot and, um, I, I've had those on salads before and I'll get back to them again sometime, but, but yeah, I'm like, I'm a big fan of those. You say no strict diets work and you're a vegetarian. Just wondering about this. Oh, good. Yeah. It's like, okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. You know, cause I remember when I went vegetarian now, that was almost 30 years ago. And so when I went vegetarian, I'm not going to lie, a big part of that was saying, okay, uh, now, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say something strange. I don't think he's here. Vicky, I said this last week and she's like, she was laughing. She never heard this. But I'm going to, just the way it felt to me, I grew up an extreme meat eater. Like, like I eat meat every day of my life, multiple times a day. Okay. Um, but as I started getting into yoga and, and as things started to change for me and some of the years went by, um, the idea of vegetarianism just kind of just, just showed up in my reality. And it just felt, it just felt like me. And, and I always say, like, it felt like my sexuality almost. You know what I mean? It just felt like that's what I am. I, I don't know if that sounds strange to people, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like, oh, I got to be a vegetarian. Okay, I can't eat meat. It just didn't feel like that to me. You know, it just felt like I, I just want to do it. Now, I will say, when I was making that decision, I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's going to be a lot. That's going to make it a lot easier for me to master my weight, like a lot easier, because pretty much a lot of the calories I was consuming came with meat in them. You know what I mean? A lot of fast food type places, meatball grinders. I mean, it was always meat had a lot of calories coming with it in my life then. And back then there really weren't any vegetarian options. 
Do you know what I mean? Like there was no meat substitutes back then. So that was a part, uh, I, like that was a part of it, but it was a small part. I just felt, as I started eating less and less meat, I just felt better. It just felt like right to me. So again, I'm not saying, you know, should, should you go vegetarian? I, I'm not going to say that. You know what I mean? You should eat the way you should think you should eat. But for me, it just felt, I felt a lot better. And it never was about like, I'm going to lose weight and this is going to be my strict diet. Um, that being said, again, I think being vegetarian makes it a lot easier to master your weight. You know, not guaranteed because you can still eat a lot of calories and a lot of shitty stuff being a vegetarian. Um, so, yeah, so I hear what you're saying, but I never thought of it being a vegetarian as like a diet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think of it as a diet primarily to lose weight. I wasn't doing it to lose weight. I was doing it because I just felt better. And and I did. I said, oh, it's going to help me master my weight easier. But it was it was a sub part of the decision. So I hope that makes sense. I think strict dieting, specifically what I'm talking about, is when you're strictly when you're dieting strictly to lose weight. You know, and so for me, that was not what it was vegetarian. I felt a lot better. Um, it was a little bit of a moral thing, but very little. It, it really was. I, I felt better. I knew I would be able to master my weight a lot easier doing it. Um, it was easy for me to do. I enjoyed those foods. I enjoyed I was lazy. It was easier preparation. And so I just it just felt right to me. So I hope that makes sense. But when you go to, to like, I'm going to do keto, I'm going to do veganism. I, I did raw food. I, so, OK, I'll give you an example. I did raw food for a while and that. That was a step too far. That was intense because when I did raw foods, I felt already physically, but mentally and emotionally, I was a basket case. I was just obsessed with food. And that's what a lot of times happens when you do things for like extrinsic reasons, like to lose weight. Um, I did the raw food things for a bunch of different weird reasons. It didn't fit me right. Um, you know, and so, yeah, strict diets typically aren't going to work. So I hope that explains it. I'm kind of, I wish there was a simpler answer I could give you. My calorie deficit inevitably is pretty strict as I am short and don't weigh much to start with. Okay. Um, my deficit would be 1,100 calories a day. How do I stay consistent with this? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, 1,100 calories a day deficit from where, that's where you're starting. So today's Monday, right? So you're starting today with your 1,100 calorie a day deficit. I mean, it's just so much. I mean, what's your typical calorie range? 2,200? 2300 let me know i'd love to hear what that a little more specific on that because what i'm seeing what i usually see with people is i mean it's it's just almost like there's never and it, it it's never not this but it's always like people overcorrect with their weight loss way too much you know they start and um it's like it's like day one they're 50 60 percent calories down you know, so I don't know if that is that your case, you know, because if your deficit's gonna be 1100 calories from where you're normally at, and you say you're short, I'm gonna guess that's around a 50% cut, I bet. My BMR is 1200 calories. And so when I work out, which I plan to, I burn about 1500 calories a day. So how many calories you consume in a day? So, um, I'll tell you, to, to be honest, I, I don't even I don't approach the weight loss through calories, you know. Um, I find that to be. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're if you're like a robot and you're really really good at tracking, it obviously works. Calorie in, calorie out is probably the most effective way to lose weight. Um, problem being that most people are really bad at tracking, and that the tracking thing is like it get, you get into such specifics and such details that you lose the big picture a lot. You know, so what I help people with is much more in structuring their eating and getting it consistent, you know, and finding kind of the most egregious things in the beginning and working on removing, replacing, um, reducing them, and then, you know, adding more and more healthy stuff in. Hope that makes sense.
Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a better way. I don't know why it's so hard. I would say that's one of the hardest parts, because you know the thing is with your eating, it's so it's so subconscious. You know, so any process that you use to influence your eating, it's it's a process because you're not even aware of what you're eating. You know, and that's what the track and the calories is trying to do. You know what I mean? But you're going again. You're going from nothing to everything. You know, when you start tracking the calories down to the calorie, it, it's such a intense process. And uh, so it, it's fine, but usually it's fine for a little while and then people burn themselves out because it's such a cognitive load. You know, it's like every time you decide you're gonna lose weight, I mean, you're really jumping into a state of chaos, you know? And, and so I just want you to know this, there's no avoiding it. It's just natural because you're changing everything up. And so that point where you get where you're changing, it feels like chaos. And um, you, you go through that a bunch of times because losing weight, again, I don't know. It's just, you're so conditioned hypnotized by the diets to think that you know what to do and you just gotta get yourself to do it. And then you're gonna start your plan on Monday being perfect. And you're just gonna be perfect until you lose the weight. And it's like, it's fucking not gonna happen like that. It's, it's not going to happen like that for you. So I don't know what else to say other than that. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying to be negative, but it's like, Jesus Christ, can you not like, you keep, can you keep looking at what you're doing? Like, what results are you getting? Are you getting the exact same results over and over where you, you kind of like, it's like one day now where you can kind of eat clean a couple days and then you can't keep it up? You know, it's, it's like, I, I, I don't I always joke this, but like as a hypnotist, I thought I was going to hypnotize people to lose weight. I didn't realize I was going to spend my whole time waking them up because you're in a trance. You're in a diet trance, you know, not your fault. Millions of diet ads you've seen, you know, millions of them in your lifetime, me too, all of us, and they all get you conditioned to think short term about your weight loss, you know, and um, that short term thinking causes all kinds of problems, you know, because you're so impatient, you just want to lose the weight quick, and so you'll do extreme things, and it, it's that mindset that you're trapped in now. You know, so you say, ah, oh, no matter what, I can't get started. I, uh, no matter what I do, I can't lose the weight. It's because you, you can't, no matter what you do, because you're only going to try diets, you know? I sometimes doubt my fasting comes from starvation. What does that mean? I sometimes doubt my fasting comes from starvation. I don't know what that means. But I will tell you one thing. Um, fasting... <laughs> Fasting's a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? Because I know that's the new one on the block, you know what I mean? That's the hot di diet right now is intermittent fasting, you know? But it's like, I'm, I'm like too tired to go. <laughs> I'm a little tired today. I just didn't work on taxes all day. But um, it's, uh, you know, uh, here, I'll, let me put it this way, right? So most weight loss, it's like every weight loss plan you have in front of you is like a tactic. It's one tactic. Intermittent fasting is one tactic. Um, keto is one tactic. Weight Watchers is one tactic. It's all one tactic, one tactic, you know? And that reduces your weight in, in what con what's influencing it down to ridiculously simplistic concepts, you know? No tactic is going to serve you to change your weight. You really need a holistic strategy, you know? This becomes a ground-up transformation of who you are from the inside out into a new person. And if that sounds overwhelming to you, tough shit. It's just, that's what it is. There's no way around it. You can't just change your behaviors. Why would you, why would all of a sudden next Monday you be able to stick to a diet plan when you haven't been able to do it the last 20 years? Like why, why, what would change? You know, you keep holding out that there's some, some amazing ideal version who's going to pop on the scene and just take care of everything. It's called the planning fallacy. 
It's, it's a cognitive bias we're all built with, but you got to recognize it and move on. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. <laughs> you know, again, I'm not trying to be a, a <laughs> I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I mean, how long have you been just waiting for some ideal you to show up and save the day? Yeah, Don says it's a lot of a lot of work to ditch diaprane. It is. It really is. I mean, it's it's a complete 360 degree programming prison you're in. You know, to think like a dieter. It is true. That's why I do these. I do these every day. Not every day, but I do these five days a week. I do all these videos, everything, just to help you out. You know what I mean? So you can get off the goddamn diet, get out of the trance, man. You you can't lose weight with it. You just can't. It, it it's. It's a prison. It's a mental prison. And you can't see it, which is the worst part. And so the worst part is you think you can't lose weight. You think no matter what, you can't do it. No matter what you do, I can't lose weight. It's not true. You're following horse shit strategies that don't work. You know? You never are changing your mindset. I start insulin meeting. I start insulin meeting. What's that mean? Um, Melissa says insulin monitoring. Monitoring. But yeah, I mean, I mean, here we are on Monday, you know. So I, I like to do these. I, I like I want to get on Sundays, but I, I didn't get a chance yesterday. I would love getting on Sundays because everyone's getting ready to start their Monday weight loss half-ass bullshit, you know. That's another thing. I mean, that that's the big one. I say, you know, I mean, it doesn't explain everything, but it's the it's the outer shell of you getting success is you have to make a real commitment, you know. And we live in a society where you're not even able to make a real commitment, really. I mean, what are you going to do? I guess you could buy some dumb shit. I mean, there's lots of stuff you could buy, I guess. But um, if you think about the, the typical diet commitment is is the, the one of the weakest, weakest forms of dieting commitment that you could make. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, I read about keto last night. I'm going to start keto tomorrow. No, you're not. No, you're not. You know what I mean, how far are you going to get with that? You know? Like, just by yourself, not even prepared, no mindset work. You know? Oh, okay. I'm from the Netherlands. I test my glucose. Yeah, it's great. I love doing stuff like that. I mean, again, I, I think that's a, that's an eye opening. That, that's I, so I started today with a lesson like facing your weight. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah, there it was Don. Back to my clean eating. Love my pleasures this week and back to it. Yeah, great job, Don. Same with me. I'm my first salad in a week. I didn't have a salad all last week. You know? It wasn't a great week for me food wise. You know, but when I have a bad week, I'm learning from it. I know when it's happening. I know why it's happening. I know I let it go. And then I, I learn from it and get back, back on track. You know, that, and I was saying that all last week because I never want you to look at me. because This is what drives me crazy about the dieting and workout people. You look at these fitness trainers and these all these people and it's like, oh, they're perfect. You know, always selling the perfect bullshit. And it's not. I mean, you're a human being. And so you're gonna have good weeks and bad weeks. You know, bullshit happens. Easter happened and threw me off track. Okay. You know, now I got enough foundation there to, to, to throw me a little bit off track, you know, but I'm just super aware of it. You know what I mean? I'm able to get myself back on track fully, you know, or more. I'm not fully back on track even now, you know, take me a week or two. Won't matter, you know. Yeah, testing your glucose is great because I think anything that, um, anything like that lets you see, you know, because so much, so much weight loss, again, this is part of that dieting. Uh, mindset I was talking about because every diet ad you've seen right in your life it's always that before and after picture right it's always about x amount of pounds and and um x amount of pounds and x amount of days right how fast can I do it you know I want to look better you know never mind looking better how about you like to live longer 
right? We, we live in a society. Again, I always say it's like this. If you want to know about the food industry now, you should study the cigarette industry in the 50s and 60s, right? Because people were smoking like crazy and no one even thought cigarettes were bad for them, right? You're inhaling smoke into your lungs and they didn't even think it was that unhealthy because they were trained to minimize the effects. It's the power of the mind, good and bad, right? So you're sitting here eating this bullshit food all day long. Let's talk about glucose, right? Because it's like if I set you, I will set you free in the woods, and I said I'll give you a million dollars if you can spike your glucose levels in the next week. I'm gonna sit comfortably on that million dollars because you are not gonna be able to spike your glucose levels. Just spike your glucose levels unless you stumble upon a beehive. You can spike your glucose levels in nature, not even one time in a month. Nope. <laughs> but here we are now in the modern world. You're spiking your glucose levels six, seven times a day. Spiking your glucose levels, which is inflammatory and toxic for your body and the system. And then that causes a huge release of insulin. It's toxic, inflammatory for the system. Then you crash your glucose levels and feel tired out and shit and hungry. What do you do then? Spike the glucose levels, right? And crash them down again with insulin. And you're on this never, you know what I mean? This constant roller coaster ride all day. You think your body is it's not affecting your body at all? It is. It's affecting everything. Is how you're eating? Is, is it you spiking your glucose levels four, five, six times a day every day of your life? Do you think it's going to impact your how long you're alive for? Your quality of life during those years? Your stamina? Your mobility when you're 70 and 80 years old? I don't know, I'm not trying here to bum you out, but you know what I mean? Like we've been so conditioned to minimize the effect of all this food because there's so much money being made off you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. You know, you've got to take this on yourself. And the first thing you ought to do is realize, fuck how I look. I want to be alive. Right? You're like a fuck. You know, you're like a smoker saying, oh, I'm going to stop smoking because I, I don't want um, I don't want to smell like smoke anymore. I want my teeth to be yellow. Well, how about your lungs? How about lung cancer? You know what I mean? Oh, I just want to look better. How about your, how about your, the inside of your body? How about the visceral fat? How about the fact that weight, extra weight is, is correlated with dying younger than you need to? Having a shittier quality of life, feeling like crap about yourself. How about those reasons? And I don't want to think about them, right? I freak out. I can't think about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't think I'm on my weight. I get it, but I mean, you're going to be fucking sorry. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm here for. I, I, just check off if you don't want to hear this. I'm just in a mood, I guess, because it's like... You know, where else are you going to hear this from? I don't know. I'm not here to make you feel bad. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the rose, you know? It's just trying to, like, like what's at stake here, you know? You're going to like, you're gonna get 80, 70, 80, 90 years old. I'll, okay, let me start, let me start at the beginning. Framingham Heart Study, one of the longest-running studies about weight and, um, and heart health and, and obesity and lifespans. And so what they come out with most recently is that women that are overweight live, on average, 3.1 years less Women that are obese live approximately seven years less. Three years overweight, seven years being obese. I've told this to people and I say, oh, those are the shitty years. What? What? Do you know anyone in their 80s or 90s? Not, not, not without dementia, right? And none of them want to die. None of them want to say, oh, it's seven years. Oh, fuck it. Take them. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're going to get to be 70, 80, 90 years old, and you're going to look back, and you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass. You're going to say, why? What was I doing? 
you know? It's like now, it's like you can get diabetes. It's like, meh, it's just diabetes. I'll just take some medicine. Ah, I want to lose weight. What about the injections? The injections? The ones that, that give you potentially <laughs> thyroid tumors? That that one? Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you talking about the one that's got minerals and vitamins in it that boost your metabolism, which is all bullshit? I mean, you know, it's like if you're just going to spend your life chasing shortcuts, then you get what you get. You get what you deserve. I, I, you know, when you hear me, like if you're lost, you never listen to me and you don't know any of this stuff, then I, I feel genuinely bad, you know? But I come here to try and snap you fucking out of it, wake you up, you know? My dad died at 54 of a heart attack, so I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm about this because to me it's like someone whose parents died of like a heroin overdose, so they, they don't like heroin now. Well, I don't like all the shitty food that makes people die early and leaves kids orphans. I wasn't an orphan, my, my mom, but... It was a fucking nightmare. It was a nightmare, you know? And he knew he had a bad heart. It was 1984. People didn't know, you know, as much, but he couldn't even change. Couldn't change it, you know? So it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, I want you to wear a bathing suit to the beach. That's fine. But I want you, more importantly, to be alive. I want you to eat so you can live longer. You can still eat the bullshit sometimes. It's just not all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you've just been so conditional. Oh, the food, the food. I entertain myself five times a day just having this shit in my mouth. I used to. I used to eat. I would have, um, like, you know, bullshit cereal, and i put sugar on top of it. So I guess it wasn't the worst bullshit. It was, like, Rice Krispies and Cheerios. So it was a bit healthier. But then I'd put, like, three, four teaspoons of sugar on that. Then i have, like, white toast with Jif peanut butter. And then that was my breakfast. Then I'd have, like, a donut, a muffin, or a croissant between then and lunch. Then I'd have lunch, and I'd have my bullshit with cookies at the end of it. And then I'd have my snack in the afternoon. That was usually a candy, some kind of candy, candy bar, and a bag of chips, um, sodas throughout the day. Uh, then I'd have dinner. And uh, that was usually the healthiest meal. My mom was a solid, healthy food cook, you know what I mean, most of the time. When it wasn't that, it was takeout, fast food, junk food, bullshit. Um, then I'd start my eating. I guess you call it a second dinner. I mean, I didn't call it a second dinner, but that was all snacking, 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 snacking for three, four hours, you know, until I went to bed. And that's what I did every day. You know, it's 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a Monday mood. I know I want to pick you up on a Monday, but I was I went the other way. Is alcohol bad for losing weight if I eat really clean and good and losing weight? Um, I mean, you know, listen, alcohol doesn't help you lose weight, you know, um, but at the same time, like I lost weight and I always drank, you know, I, I liked drinking. I didn't want to give it up. So again, what I want to bring you back to is that if you can stop with the diets and just expecting someone's going to tell you, um, what to eat and you take it upon yourself like an adult, you know, I, I, I was going to go down this mood. I was going to say it, but it's like, you're, you're, I'm not saying this is you specifically, but I'm saying most people are big fucking babies when it comes to their weight loss, big fucking babies and i don't know any other way to put it because it's like okay well i'll eat clean I'll, I'll diet for a week but i better lose some weight and then they step on the scale no it's only a pound it's only two pounds it's been a week and i've been eating good and you know what i mean it's like if you had a kid come up to you and he's like okay um, i want you to play the piano i got your lessons you know the kid's like well if i'm good if i'm good by the end of the month and i'll keep playing but if i'm not good by the end of the month i'm not gonna do it what would you say yeah you know what that's a good attitude you're right that that's the right mindset let's just see what happens no, because the kid's going to suck, <laughs> just like you. You're going to suck after a month of eating better. It's like, and again, I'm not blaming you because it's, it's a bullshit story the diets have sold you. You know, this idea you're going to start on Monday and be this perfect person, you know? But what else in life could you, like, you haven't been doing it, and all of a sudden you're just going to change everything and be perfect tomorrow? 
Like it's it's just the craziest concept that ever lived. And it, it's that. That's the main problem. Not you. Not that you don't have willpower. Not that you can't do it. You know. But anyways, yeah, alcohol doesn't help. But at the same time, if you're if you're smart and strategic, you don't want to give up the alcohol. Then you say, okay, how can I drink and lose weight? You know. But yeah, you got to recognize how alcohol is bad for you. It's bad for you in a number of ways. Um, again, I drank alcohol and lost weight. So it's like if you want to do it, you can do it. You know. But it's certainly not that most helpful thing. You know. Um. Oh, Don says, I know what I wanted to ask. BMI is a number we should shoot for. I always have, but not sure. Um, yeah, I think BMI is a, a solid uh, guide point for sure. Uh, I definitely think that, you know. That doesn't mean everything in the world, you know what I mean? And if you want to be, you know, what I've seen is, you know, if you're, I can't remember the exact percentage, but if you're if you're in the normal range, obviously that's good. But if even if you're in the overweight range, in medium into the overweight range, you know, depending on your lifestyle and your activity level, health wise, that could be fine, you know? And so, so again, I, I would like to think that your weight would be dictated. Your goal would be mostly by based on health and, and, and how you're feeling. And then, um, the rest of it would be, Hey, Nuka, what's up? Yeah. Happy Easter. It's right. Um, Orthodox Easter. I don't really celebrate that much anymore, but we celebrate the other Easter. I'm not so much a practicing Orthodox greek orthodox practitioner anymore um but yeah bmi i I, I would say definitely aiming for that normal range uh but if you're over it again and and if it's you know you can still be just as healthy as someone in the normal range you know so so know that health wise and then whatever you want to be based on how you look and and that those factors you know factor those in um but cool all right one i'm gonna get out of here gotta go but uh if you are listening to this go uh, if you have not yet, go get that uh, hypnosis session. Click on my bio. Uh, go get that hypnosis session. Listen to it. Uh, once you get in there, listen to the training that follows it. Three steps to master your weight. All right? Real important. Um, yes, goal has always been health, and it has me slightly overweight on BMI. That's okay. I, I don't think that's a problem. You know, I, I would say, this is just my opinion, that BMI, I like it, but I also think for a lot of people, those are... I don't want to say aggressive goals because I want to be a normal and I, and I am, you know? Um, but I definitely think for a lot of people, it feels hard to get in that normal range. And from what I've seen, if you're in the overweight range, normal's here, overweight's here and obese is over here. If you're, if you're kind of middling over in the overweight, you know, health wise, if other factors, okay, you can be good. All right. Um, recently I always procrastinate losing weight in a healthy way. Yeah, super. Using procrastination intentionally is a smart, smart uh, strategy. So that's great. Good job, Nuka. All right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Have a great day, and we will see you soon. Remember, you can listen to my podcast, Just Program Yourself Then, on all the platforms. Uh, my YouTube is Jim Katsoulis, where there's a lot of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, go click on that link and get the hypnosis session. All right, everyone, have a super day. Bye.